Hey everybody, it's me, Stu Helm, the food fan here at Food Fan Headquarters with another exciting episode of Asheville Food Fans. It's a podcast that I record throughout the week and then I put it together for broadcast on WPVM 103.7 FM, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world. All right, everybody, I got another great show for you this week. And today I'm just here by myself. I don't have a guest to interview. I don't really have anything different, new, or exciting to do for you. So just sit back, relax, and get ready for the same old stuff from me, which is lots and lots of talk about food. I love food. The show is called The Food Fan Show for a reason. I'm a big fan of all kinds of food, everything from hot dogs to haute cuisine. I'm super into it all. And uh, my favorite restaurant, as you may or may not know, is closing down. And that always makes me sad. And so I'm just kind of doing a countdown to the last day of Buxton Hall Barbecue. And uh, Buxton Hall, uh, located on the South Slope, Eastern Carolina style pulled pork, whole hog barbecue. But really, I was a big fan of the burgers, the brisket, the fried chicken, the fried catfish, all the sides. I did enjoy the pulled pork, but really, I was going for a lot of that other stuff first. And uh, they had a nice sausage plate all the time. And I really liked that. The food was just very super duper comforting. And the sides are included in that comfort zone. And the service was very homey. I really loved all the people who worked there. And I'm going to miss the you-know-what out of it. And I'm sad, and I'm counting down. The last day of Buxton Hall, for those who care, is slated for November 22nd. So get in while you can. I've been going in a lot lately, and it's been crowded in there. And I like to see that. I'm sure that the staff was like, where were you guys a month ago, two months ago? But you can't blame the eaters. We have limited funds. We go where we can, when we can. It's just the state of the world right now. Restaurants are, you know, they're still hurting. Overhead's real high. Cost of rent, cost of uh, payroll, cost of food, that all figures in. And then the city going to come along and inspect you and stuff. And it's just a lot of hassles to run in a restaurant. So they're, they're, some of them are closing and some James Beard Award nominated restaurants like Buxton Hall are closing up. And I'm sad about that, but get on in there while you can. Last time I went, I got a, what did I get? I got a, oh, I got the cheeseburger. It was great. I think I even talked about it already last week. And I went, I tried to go in there yesterday, right? It wasn't that I tried to go in and failed, but I went on my walk home from my food tour and I looked at the menu on the outside of the wall. And uh, to be honest with you, the menu just didn't really appeal to me last night. The menu changes a lot. And I, you know, I really liked the catfish sandwich and the fried chicken sandwich. And those were on the menu, but I didn't, I was bringing my food home to go. I didn't feel like bringing either of those things home because the catfish doesn't travel as well as the chicken does, but the chicken doesn't travel as well as some of the other stuff on the menu. And I just didn't see anything on their menu I wanted. So I just walked on over to Bear's Barbecue and uh, I'm sure that a high concentration of barbecue joints on the South Slope is one of the reasons why Buxton had uh, a harder time than they have in the past. They used to be the only show in town down there on the South Slope, but now they have a lot more competition in terms of restaurants and there's another barbecue place right up the street. So I just went up to Bears and I got me their Impossible Meatloaf Sandwich, which you might think sounds crazy because Impossible Meat is vegan and I'm not a vegan or I don't practice a vegan diet, although I do eat vegan food from time to time. And I love this Impossible Meatloaf Sandwich. In fact, I even gave it an award one year as my sandwich of the year and uh, or maybe my meatloaf of the year. I, I give out 25 awards every year. It's hard to keep track of everyone. I've been doing it for 10 years. My 11th annual Stubie Awards are coming up in uh, January. So stay stay tuned for those. They're only two months away. Um, but yeah, I love this impossible meatloaf sandwich they do at Bears Barbecue. It's on a super soft like potato bun. It's got a little bit of spice to it, a lot of flavor. And I always get it with 
the uh, cheese sauce on top. So even though the meatloaf itself is vegan, the cheese sauce does have some dairy in it. And I love it. It's like easy to eat, very flavorful, very sort of trashy in a way, but I love it. And I also got some chicken wings and Bears Barbecue has awesome, awesome chicken wings. Now we no longer have a wing war to figure out who's got Asheville's favorite wings. But I would love to hear from you guys. Who are your favorite wings? Maybe we should have an online competition and just ask everybody to nominate their favorite chicken wings in town. Um, and so, yeah, I, I didn't get my Buxton, but I did get my Bears. And I went home and I ate and I was full. And it was good times all around. So uh, anyways, let's uh, let's move on a little bit from there. And let's talk about Christmas. Christmas is coming. Talk about things that are only, that are only two months away. Uh, Christmas is less than two months away. I am very into Christmas. I really like it. I was raised in a Christian household. My dad was a minister. We lived in the parsonage right next to the church. And we had we celebrated Christmas like a bunch of good New England Christian people. Uh, big tree, snow on the ground in New England. Beautiful. We lived in this old, old house built in like the 1700s, I think. It was ancient, right next to the church, made out of wood, with white wood with black shutters, straight out of a picture of a calendar of what Christmas should look like in New England. And so that's how I grew up. And I was just telling somebody the other day, when when my sister and I were little, we used to, my, my uh, let me back up a little bit. The guy who owned the Christmas tree farm in our small town that we lived in was a parishioner at my father's church. And every Christmas, my sister and I, when we were little kids, like I'm talking five, six years old, seven, eight years old, uh, every year we would go to the Christmas tree farm where the Christmas tree farmer who was like retirement age and had silver hair, rosy cheeks, dressed in a red uh, plaid lumberman's jacket, and carried an axe and everything. And we would meet him and we would march around in the woods through the snow looking for our annual Christmas tree. And then we'd, they, he'd cut it down with my dad and they'd wrap it all up and we'd drag it back through the snow to the house. And they lived in this beautiful old New England style house. And in the house, his wife, the tree farmer's wife, was they're also dressed in Christmas stuff, also with silver hair and rosy red cheeks. And I, in my mind, she even had little square wireframe spectacles, but that might just be me making things up. Um, and she would have hot cocoa and cookies for us. And she would always let us take an ornament from their tree, or at least at least one time they let us take an ornament. I feel like it was every year, but I still have one of the ornaments that they let us take from their tree and uh, talk about wild. Like at the time I was a little kid and it just seemed like, Hey, that's what we do every year. Go to the tree farm, pick out a Christmas tree and freaking Mr. And Mrs. Santa Claus are, are there making hot chocolate for us and stuff. And uh, it was only later on when I grew up that I realized how wildly sort of hallmark cards, the whole situation was and how incredibly fortunate my sister and I were to have this experience in our lives. We certainly enjoyed it at the time. We did not take it for granted. We looked forward to it and loved it. And But really, later on in life, I realized how special that really was. And so uh, to this day, I really love Christmas. I am no longer a practicing Christian. Not that that's anybody's business but mine, but there you go. Um, I'm an agnostic, you know, I'm, I, I'm, uh, I belong to the church of wait and see, you know, uh, the day after my funeral, I will see what happens. Um, and so, but I still celebrate Christmas. I love all the accoutrement, the tree, Dawn, my wife and I, we get a tree every year, a live tree. Well, it ain't alive by the time we're done with it, but, uh, but I do mulch up our tree and use it in our garden in case you're an environmentalist type of person. And you're about to write me angry letters about killing a tree every Christmas. But, you know, they grow those trees. The tree farms actually contribute to the atmosphere. They don't take away from it because they grow the trees. Otherwise, there might be development there, a parking lot. Who knows? But the tree farm 
providing oxygen, not taking it away by cutting the trees down. They're providing it by growing them in the first place. But anyways, we decorate the heck out of our house. And this year in sort of with the old tree farmer and his wife in mind, I bought myself some nice plaid red pants and a red hoodie. And I added a little bit of red color to my hair for the holidays. So I'm going, if you know me, you know that I always dress in black, like black is where it's at, Jack. And, uh, but for the holidays, I've decided to vary a little bit and add splashes of red to my clothing and hair. So uh, all of that is just a big introduction to tell you that Christmas is coming to Asheville and Christmas in Asheville is so exciting. We, of course, have the gingerbread house competition up there at the Grove Park Inn. Uh, the Grove Park Inn has been a little bit less local friendly lately. I hope they sort of get over themselves. They tried to charge my mom 30 bucks to valet park her car. And that's just prohibitively expensive for any local to go up there. Uh, so I hope the Grove Park Inn comes around a little bit and realizes where their bread is really buttered. And that's being part of Asheville and not alienating locals. But anyways, go up there to the Grove Park Inn and pay them a visit and check out the gingerbread competition when it gets going. I'm not sure when that starts. I do know, however, that Santa Claus is coming to the exchange, which is the restaurant inside of the, uh, what is it? The Restoration Asheville Hotel, which is right downtown across the street from Pritchard Park. And Santa Claus is going to make a couple of visits to Asheville this year, because I'm pretty sure that Santa Claus is going to be part of our annual holiday parade. So he'll be there. And uh, he's probably going to be out at the mall or something like that, but he is definitely going to be at the exchange in downtown Asheville on Saturday, November 18th. Santa's busy, so he's got to visit Asheville well ahead of time before Christmas. So he'll be here to meet the kids and uh, get his picture took and all of that. Starts at 2 p.m., goes till 4 p.m., so you got two hours to meet Santa Claus. I myself am hoping to be there. Maybe I'll wear my red pants and my red hoodie and uh, get my picture took with Santa Claus. But I definitely think you should do that. And also, Christmas is coming to the Biltmore Estate. And those are some of the most exciting words you can hear here in the city of Asheville, North Carolina, because the Biltmore Estate is gorgeous 365 days a year. But during Christmas, look out. It's like super duper magical. And Christmas has already begun at the uh, Biltmore State because it started on November 3rd. And as I record this, it's something like November 6th, uh, but or 5th, maybe. I don't know. I don't keep track of that stuff. But it's already started at Biltmore, but it's going to run through until Christmas and a little bit beyond, I would imagine. They got a giant ass Christmas tree. They got candlelight Christmas evenings. They got the daytime celebration going on. Get online, go to the Biltmore Estate website, check out what's going on, because especially if you have kids and you can get out to the Biltmore, you should, because talk about making those magical memories for the future. Like like me and my sister going to the tree farm. This is this is the Biltmore could be your kids' beautiful memories later on in their lives. That's just how magical it is out there. So get on in to the Biltmore. And also for the Christmas season, keep in mind that there are holiday menus available all over town. And, and actually Thanksgiving comes between now and Christmas. And a lot of the restaurants are releasing their Thanksgiving menus, you know, the fixed price for turkey, taters, stuffing, squash, whatever's on their menu. 67 Biltmore Downtown Eatery has an amazing Thanksgiving menu they just released. But really, there's just a ton of them out there. So you could even just get on Facebook and search for Asheville Thanksgiving menu, and you would probably come up with a ton of options. And they're going to range for anything from a couple hundred bucks to uh, 40 bucks a person or something like that. So just check them out. Uh, my family doesn't always cook our own Thanksgiving dinner. Sometimes we do order it from restaurants. We've done Buxton Hall. Back in the day, we did King James Pub. Uh, and I can't think of any others right now. But we uh, this year we're cooking. We're doing this thing where we get a, a turkey breast 
and a turkey leg with the thigh attached, and we put it into a Dutch oven with some vegetables, pop that in the oven, and we cook that. There's only three of us for Thanksgiving this year, so that should be plenty right there. It's going to be super delicious. I really love Thanksgiving and Christmas and Halloween and all the holidays that start right around October 31st. Uh, also, in the holiday spirit, the uh, the chocolate fetish has all of their Christmas chocolates on display right now. Santa Claus figures, giant ones, little ones, bags of small ones. Um, they've got snowmen. They've got polar bears, if you want to keep it non-denominational. Uh, they've got all kinds of gift sets. They've got their amazing advent calendars are on display right now. And man, if I didn't already have two, yes, count them, two advent calendars, I would be getting one of these chocolate fetish ones. And then they sell sets of chocolate so you can restock your advent calendar every year. These are permanent like wooden advent calendars, which is what I have. I have two permanent advent calendars. And every year I buy a bunch of chocolates and I put them inside. We have one that counts down to Christmas and then one that counts down to when we take our Christmas tree down. So 25 days leading up to Christmas, 25 days leading to when we take it down. So yeah, we keep our tree up for, or our Christmas decorations up for more than a month for, we keep them up for a long time. Uh, we love it. We, we just love it. It's part of our, it's part of our house decor for those months, you know, it's, I wouldn't have it any other way. And finally, uh, when it comes to the holidays, I was just hanging out in Cultivated Cocktails, the tasting room for H&H &H, uh, Spirits downtown. And uh, it's right there on Page Avenue near the Grove Arcade. Hanging out in the Cultivated Cocktails, and they have a lot of new stuff right now. And even though I don't drink, uh, my wife does, and other people in this world do. So I purchase gifts from Cultivated Cocktails a lot of time to put in my wife's Christmas stocking or even under the tree. Sometimes I'll drop on an expensive bottle of seasonal booze, but a lot of times I'm just buying the bitters, uh, like craft cocktail ice cube trays, like the big ones and stuff. They've got a lot of cool cocktail accoutrement. And I was just in there today and noticed that they have a lot of new stuff. So go to Cultivated Cocktails, Chocolate Fetish, uh, go check out all the holiday menus, hit up the Biltmore and Santa Claus, going to be at the Exchange at Reservation Hotel, or Restoration Hotel, sorry, I probably said that wrong throughout the segment. But anyways, that's that. Let's take a little break, and then I'll come back and we'll do some reviews of restaurants that I've eaten at and since the last time I talked to you. All right, talk to you in a minute. Alrighty, folks, we're back, and now I'm going to do some reviews of some restaurants that I have ate at recently, and I'm going to start with dessert, because most recently I went to Sweets and Seats, Sweets and Seats, the uh, boba tea and pastry and coffee shop that is where Blue Dream Curry House used to be on College Street, and boy howdy, they have this little treat called a honey cream puff that I really, really like. I've had it twice now, and it's just, it's small for one thing. It's not too big, which I like. There's a lot of big desserts downtown, and I, I just want to, can I do a tiny little bit of unsolicited advice? If you cut those desserts in half for me, you wouldn't even have to charge me half. You could charge me full price or like two-thirds or whatever, and I would buy more of them. A lot of times when I'm downtown, I'll be looking in the pastry cases and I'll just be like, man, that looks good, but look how dang big it is. I, that would fill me up too much and be at too many calories and whatnot. And so a little bit of unsolicited advice, get, offer some smaller treats if you can. And these little uh, honey cream puffs from Sweets and Seats are small. It's like a pastry with cream inside, a very uh, nice sort of custardy cream. And then a little bloop on top and a little piece of marshmallow uh, flower, a flower shaped or a marshmallow shaped like a flower. And uh, it's really good. It's like four bites, maybe. And I got a cappuccino to go with it. And they do their cappuccinos old school with a very thick white foam on top. And I enjoyed it 
very, very much. So sweets and seats, get that honey cream puff. And uh, in the comments here, tell me what your favorite treat at sweets and seats is. And uh, sticking with, uh, oh, we did dessert. Now let's go way back to the beginning of the day and have some breakfast. So I went back to Session Cafe. I think I talked about these last time I checked in with you or I talked about Session. And uh, it's been taken over by a new chef. Uh, her name is Cheryl. And she has a catering business called Giddy Chick, G-I-D-D-Y, Giddy Chick. And she has taken over Session Cafe at Citizen Vinyl. And a few weeks ago, I had an egg and tomato and pepper breakfast sandwich that was super delicious. And I went back to get it again just to make sure that I wasn't tripping. And nah, it's real, 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 real good. Like this sandwich is, for one thing, it's super buttery. It's grilled and the bread is just saturated with butter. And it's nice and crispy, but not like going to shred the roof of your mouth type of crispy. And then it's got eggs that are scrambled up with some what look like cherry tomatoes and then or maybe one of the oblong ones not are those plum tomatoes no i i forget they're they're not quite cherries but they're small like that and uh and there's some sweet peppers like sliced up into it not a lot just some sweet pepper and it's got a sauce of some kind in the mix that's real good and so the overall sensation is sweet and savory hot and creamy with a nice crispy buttery bread on the outside and super delicious probably going to be one of my either sandwich of the year or breakfast item of the year nominees for a 2023 stuby award or stuby's 11 award um so go get that from session and go say hi to cheryl and, and show her some love because she's new to the cafe downtown uh let's stick with that type of place I, I went to another really cute little cafe owl bakery up there on north charlotte avenue i'm sure you're all familiar with owl from west Asheville in at beecham's curve but now they've got one over in north Asheville up on north charlotte avenue where rosebud video used to be for old timers and uh more recently it's where waterbird cafe was and uh, Waterbird was so good. I'm sorry that they are gone, but uh, glad to have Owl in that neighborhood up there. I popped in with Don and my nephew, and we just got a little something, and I got a ham and cheese croissant. And I'm not kidding, man. It was maybe one. It, it was maybe the best ham and cheese croissant I've ever had. Like it was awesome. Uh, it was very buttery it was big and buttery i had them heated up for me or I, they asked me if i wanted it heated up and i said yes and uh it had plenty of ham plenty of cheese and the the best part was out of each end out of the out of each little pointy end of the croissant some of the cheese had oozed out onto the tray and had been like cooked almost you know quote unquote burnt it was it's more like you know you make a cheese chip or whatever uh so it had that super duper cheese umami flavor and it was so dang good it's like if somebody could take that the end of those croissants and put them in a bag and be eating those by the handful uh so yeah get on up to owl bakery and i also had a cappuccino there and they do it uh old school as well with a nice thick foam so get into owl and then uh other restaurants i went to i went to bargello with my with my boy patty from Asheville food tours we had a dinner junket and they treated us right in bargello they sent over some bison cigars made with bison meat from dr king's bison farm and those were basically taquitos with a chimichurri dipping sauce and another dipping sauce too and uh boy howdy they were real good like we were just going to eat one of each because we weren't even that hungry and we were just there to do a tasting and stuff and we ended up crushing all six of them no problem and then um they said then we ordered some food and they recommended that we get the ravioli so we did and it was to die for like it was one of the most delicious things i have eaten all year and uh I mean that sincerely because you're going to see that it's going to get some love when I do release my Stuby Award nominations. 
And uh, what, what was so great about it? Let me look. I've got it written down here. Um, all right. there. We ordered the whole house-made, for one thing. The pasta is house-made, the ravioli. And it had wild mushroom and chev cheese. C-H-E-V-R-E. Chevre. Chev, I think it's just pronounced. Uh, and it had creamy parsnip. I love parsnips, but they can be very strong. So creamy parsnips is a great way to cut that strong flavor of the parsnips. Plus pink peppercorn chive dough. That must be what the raviolis are made out of. Uh, roasted beets were on the plate, herbed brown butter and crispy mushrooms. I just love the sound of every single one of those. And every bite of these raviolis was so tender and delicious and the textures were of the beets and the mushrooms and all of that just fantastic and, and much like the taquitos we didn't think we were going to finish all these raviolis we were scraping the bottom of the plate we ate every molecule of these things and next we ordered the pork chop and uh the, i forget who recommended it maybe the host the host recommended it to us and she was very enthusiastic about it. So we got that and um, it was very large. It was very meaty, like there was one bone and then meat. There wasn't a lot of grizzle and fat. And if there was any fat, we ate it because by the time we were done, I was literally gnawing on the bone like the family dog and there was nothing left. And again, it came out, it was huge and it had some accoutrement that came with it as well, like a sweet potato au gratin or sweet potato gratin they just called it not sure why the word oh wasn't in there but um it was like thin sliced sweet potato with parmesan and butter in between the layers uh and it also had what else was on the plate oh it, it had some uh turnips were they yes i think they were some little turnips and they were cooked to the point where they were just like paste and they were so delicious they had some sweetness to them and uh just a very uh sort of caramelized flavor to them and they were delicious and so a wonderful meal at bargello that was chef austin and chef tyler and we they invited us in and here's why is because they noticed that i had not ever been in and the manager actually reached out to me and was like how come you've never been into Bargello man it's great and I was like I don't know and I went in and it was fantastic so get into Bargello when you can and uh next let's talk about green tea I went to green tea sushi with my moms and had a great meal just amazing food Great atmosphere, great service. We really liked our server. They were kind of quirky in a way. And uh, just a wonderful experience. We shared some shrimp shumei. Shumei is like a little dumpling. I have talked about it recently because I had a really nice bunch of shumei from Yum Poke. And uh, Y-U-M, Yum Poke has great shrimp shumei and so does green tea sushi their shrimp shumei was very delicious and the and a shrimp shumei is like a dumpling but not like a soup dumpling which is more like a ravioli in some ways uh this is like a doughy dumpling like you might think of when you think chicken and dumplings but they're smaller so a doughy little dumpling that's got shrimp in it and the one from yum the shrimp was pretty processed until it was just part of the dough but with this one from green tea the little you could feel the little tiny little shrimps there is little shrimp in there so very delicious i got them deep fried they're also available steamed but i prefer them deep fried and they were great and then i ordered for my sushi i got another cooked sushi roll i've talked about this before it's not like i don't like raw sushi i do but i just really like cooked food and I like warm food. And so I got a roll called a spider roll. And the spider roll was a tempura soft shell crab. And I just love it that they call the crab a spider. Because you know what's really appealing? Crab. You know what's really unappealing? Spider. But I ordered it anyways because I knew what it was. I knew it wasn't a real spider, y'all. And uh, it had some asparagus in there. And it was super duper delicious. I loved this meal. My mom really enjoyed her roll too. She got like uh, 
the plate, the lunch plate, which comes with some California roll, and then she got tempura shrimp. So I guess cooked sushi kind of runs in the family because she got the same, uh, not the same thing I did, but a similar setup that I did. And we just had a wonderful time. The atmosphere, especially in the sort of greenhouse area, is what I think of it as at Green Tea Sushi. is just really wonderful. And one last little review before we take another musical break. Uh, I went to Old London Road Food Truck. It is the food truck that parks next to Old London Road Soccer Bar on Depot Street, right near the Rotary, kind of near Ultra Coffee, and where they're doing the construction to build the big new uh, mixed-use building. So there's the the old London Road soccer bar, and they have a permanent food truck that parks outside. I was walking all around the River Arts District with my nephew, and I got hungry, and but I wasn't super hungry, and I knew we were going to eat some food later on in the day. So I got myself a single patty smash burger, and it was great. It was freaking great. I almost dropped a real F-bomb right there, but I can't because we're being broadcast on the radio and not just a podcast, but a radio show as well. Uh, but yeah, it was freaking great. Uh, single patty, a little crispy around the edges, American cheese, lettuce, tomato, hold the onions on a soft, squishy bun. One thing I love about the one from old London road food truck is that it comes wrapped sort of half wrapped in foil. So it's a very one hander, right? You can stand there. I guess the point would be that you would have a a pint of ale in one hand and a smash burger in the other while you're cheering for your soccer club to win the cup or whatever. Um, I'm not a soccer fan. I'm a hockey fan. And there is a cup in hockey called the Stanley Cup. And uh, a little later on today, there's a Red Wings game on. So go Red Wings. Uh, I'm a Red Wings fan, uh, even though I'm from Boston. Long story. My wife is from Michigan. But maybe not such a long story. That's it. I was a Bruins fan. My wife is from Michigan. Now I'm a Red Wings fan and I'm happily married as a result. Uh, so yeah, get on over to the old London road food truck. It is on Depot street, not on anything called old London road uh, and Depot street right down there in the river arts district. And they also have fish and chips and maybe tacos and nachos. I'm not sure. I was mostly just interested interested in a smash burger, and that's what I got. All right, folks, there you go. Some reviews for you. Let's listen to my theme song, and then we will be right back to wrap up the show. All right, everybody, we're back. And now I just want to tell you about a little road trip I took out to Arden. Arden is, if you don't live in the area, Arden is a small town right next to Asheville. And uh, Asheville is a very fun city, in my opinion. And the fun just sort of radiates out from Asheville. So the small towns around, and I'm not saying Asheville is responsible for the fun. The fun just grows spontaneously. But all the small towns around Asheville have fun things going on. Uh, Black Mountain, Weaverville, Waynesville, they all have their charms, Hendersonville. And Arden is just like right there. And there's a lot of stuff that's kind of Asheville-esque going on in Arden and including food. And I'm mostly talking about food. I mean, other things that are fun would include climbing rocks and standing under waterfalls and stuff like that. But I'm talking about food. That is my number one concern, and uh, especially on this show. But uh, so, yes, I went on a road trip to Arden, and I went with my sister and my nephew, and we visited the new owners and their grand reopening of the New York Butcher Shop. And shop has two Ps and an E on it, old school shoppy. Uh, and I should add that old London Road, which I talked about earlier in the show, there's an extra E on the word old. So there's a lot of extra E's floating around in town these days. And uh, so, yeah, the New York Butcher Shop, I had heard great things about it, but I had never been. And then I got a press release from the new owner, Megan, who owns it with her husband, Brian. And they reached out, just press release to everybody. We're having a grand opening, free hamburgers. Say no more. I showed up free hamburgers. And I'm, I have to apologize for every single person that was at this small event. I'm a maniac when it comes to food. Like I'm the first person in line 
I'm a, I'm tapping my toe, waiting for a burger to come out. I'm having an anxiety attack that I'm not going to get my share. I'm just a mess when it comes to food. I have uh, what I call food FOMO, the fear of missing out on food. And uh, it, it's, it's real, baby. I'm not sure why I've got it so hardcore, but I do. Maybe in a past life. I lived through the depression or a famine of some kind. I don't know. Because I come from a small family that has never wanted for food, thankfully. And so it's not like I had to get at the box of cereal before my three siblings did. Me and my sister were just small people and we eat reasonable amounts of food. And it's never been a struggle. So I'm not sure why. I have such a hardcore case of food FOMO. I think it has more to do with greed than need. And I, I didn't mean to make up that rhyme right now, but it, it came out of me, so I'm going with it. Anyways, got my free burger, so all good. I even ate two. Hey. And uh, and we checked out the shop, and I took pictures, and I promoted it on Facebook. So or I didn't promote it. I'm not their promoter. I just posted about my experience on Facebook and the experience was great. Super nice people, a banging selection of fresh meats, including some fish and a really excellent freezer case full of all kinds of prepared meals, prepared dishes, frozen vegetables, frozen meats, sausages, all kinds of stuff frozen as well as in the case. And so a wide variety of things you can buy. My uh, my nephew bought a steak and he ate it later in the evening and he loved it. And uh, my sister bought some stuff too. I can't remember what. Uh, and it was great. So get on out to the New York Butcher Shop. It's located at 200 Julian Shoals Drive in Arden. Just Google it up on your own. I don't know why I give people directions. You can also Google the hours, but here they are as well. They are open seven days a week. I love that. And they are open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Sunday from 12 noon to 6 p.m. So go visit uh, Brian and Megan at the New York Butcher Shop. Oh, the pizza guy is here. Drew, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up, Stuart? Got your pizza here. Well, thanks. It looks... I already looked in the box, Drew. <laughs> even though we're what's pretending you just arrived. What's in the box? <laughs> well, it's not going to Paltrow's head. Uh, unfortunately not. <laughs> 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 Gwyneth, we love you. Um, this is a beautiful looking pie, brother. What do we have oh, here? Oh, thank you very much, man. It's a Korean barbecue inspired pizza. It's um, it's got a Korean barbecue sauce as the base, uh, bulgogi beef uh, in there, and then I made a um, Korean seasoned veggie salad kind of thing. Uh, it's got uh, carrots and radishes and cucumbers with some chili flakes and. Uh, Amongst other things, um, and then it's just got cheese and a little fresh mozzarella on top as well. It's got very good eyeball appeal. Yeah. Like, it looks delicious. It smells fantastic. The description, in there. very much so, and the description is great. Yeah. Now, you've been cooking Korean food your whole life, so that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, what's the story, man? man I don't know. I mean, I, I've, been, I've been on this Korean stone bowl kick uh, they got in South Asheville, the Korean stone bowl, and... I really love it. All the flavors they do, man, and uh, you know, it's my inspiration. Really, they, they're stone bowls. I highly recommend them if you're ever down there. But um, we and we, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever had stone bowl, like, yeah. but the, the crispy rice at the bottom. You yes. know, we we did mess with that, man, trying to get like crispy rice on a pizza. Um, failed miserably, okay. um, so we kind of skipped out on it. Um, maybe next time or something, but. Um, that's kind of what we're going for, the uh, stone bowl, like Korean flavors, a little spicy, umami kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And this was actually your first time attempting to cook Korean food. Korean food, yeah. I've never made Korean food before. I mean, I eat kimchi. I put kimchi on everything, but that's okay. not like really making you know, no. Korean food. But uh, I really love kimchi. And, uh, and that was one thing uh, I wasn't sure about. Like, we were going to put kimchi on it because it's such a – I feel like it's an obvious move for um, Korean Right. Dish of any, you know, um, but uh, I, f I feel like I should go with the not so obvious move. So, 
Well, hopefully I, you like it. I'm, I like it already. <laughs> yeah. too. I haven't even taken a bite. I'm, uh, I'm excited to tuck in. And um, every month you bring me a specialty pie. Every month you run a new pie. They're always awesome. Not one clunker. And we've been doing this 13, 14 months in a yeah, row now. Right, yeah. Uh, one or two repeats because they were great like sellers of the year thing. before. Yeah. But this is a brand new pie. And yep. everybody get on down and try this pie. And, and if you're hearing this after the month of October, mm-hmm. just go in in December because whatever pie he's going to have, he'll have some sort of gingerbread house pizza well, pie or whatever. <laughs> you know, we, we've done the last two years, and I, we, I think we're going to do it again because I love the tradition, but uh, the uh, uh, leftover Chinese food pizza, you know. Oh, yeah, it's from, that was a really good one. Yeah, and it's kind of like a nod to like a, my wife's Jewish, her, her side of the family's Jewish, and it's like a Christmas you know, Jews always eat Chinese food. So. On Christmas, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's kind of like uh, our, our thing that we've done the last few years. So I think we're going to do that. If not, we'll we'll come up with something. But uh, Yeah, that was a good fun. one. I remember yeah. it had some water chestnuts on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had yeah, a yeah. really nice crunch. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a fan of water chestnuts. They're one of my favorite things. Because it, it, it's like one of those things kind of like tofu where it's like, it doesn't have a lot of flavor. It's right. like whatever you cook with it, but it's got the crunch. Which it's I got love. that beautiful yeah. watery crunch, yeah, like right, a, yeah. a, a and on a pizza, it adds a lot. You know, yeah, it adds a whole another thing to it for sure. Dang man! Did, one day I realized that jicama is like a giant water chestnut, sort I don't, of. In I don't a way. even know what that is. It's a root vegetable. Okay. It's very crispy and watery. It's got more starch, obviously. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so it's got some starchy, but um. Katie Button, Chef Katie Button used uh-huh. to slice it really thin. It's Ooh, big, yeah. like bigger than a softball. Oh, wow. Okay. And she would slice it very thin and use the, the thin sliced jicama as taco shells to make Ooh. a Greek salad in okay. a taco shell. Wow. And it just was, and one day I was eating one and I yeah. was like, this is like a giant slice of water chestnut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. I mean, maybe you could make something with jicama someday. Jicama. Oh, look, how do you, H I J J J I. Oh, is that how you say that? I've seen that word before, and I'm like, I don't know how to say that. I'm that way, man. I'll see words written for years and pronounce them wrong and hear the same word out in the world and not know that it's the same word. Yeah. Yeah. But there you go, Hickam. Give it a shot, okay, everybody. Sure. Yeah. What is uh, what kind of cuisine is that? Is that an Asian thing? Island cuisine, I okay. would say maybe. You no, know, that's one thing we've wanted to do, a, like a Jamaican jerk kind of thing for a mm. long time. Um, yeah, we just haven't really uh, haven't really messed with it. You know, it's gonna be like, it's like all their stuff's pretty simple. It's like beef with jerk on it or whatever. Right, right. You know? Chicken it's, with jerk. Yeah, it's Fish like with that's jerk. what it is. You know. Um, so it's like, you know, what do you just put jerk chicken on a cheese pizza or something? It's you been done. Right, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, it's been it, done, Drew. Yeah, I, I know. So we got to do something new. So I just listened to our interview from last week, and <laughs> yeah. you said, uh, do something different, do and something you'll different. be the best at it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> no one else is doing it. You're the best, man. That's right. Technical. Yeah, yeah. Technicality, man. Well, dude, I want to tuck into this pie before it gets cold. Yes, Thanks, sir. as always, for coming by. What's the web address? What's the street address? How should they find you? Yeah, AshevillePizzaSouth.com is our website. You can uh, uh, order online from there. Um, we are at uh, physically at 1850 Henderson Road, Suite A. Uh, we got Facebook. We got Instagram. Uh, just slash Asheville Pizza South. Uh, check us out, please. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Pies to go and pies for, yeah, delivery, for delivery in a certain area. Yeah, small delivery. It's, it's about five miles east direction in South Asheville, uh, Asheville, South Asheville, Arden, and Fletcher, parts of each, you know. Um, so hit, hit us up. And is delivery a big part of your business? Does that contribute a lot to your bottom line? Absolutely, about 50%, really. Okay. And uh, I, I, it's, I, I feel like we're doing something good with doing because everybody else goes through the third party places, man. And, um, no one, there's no like accountability with those places. You know what I mean? And, like I want to be accountable for my food, how it gets served and delivered. You know, so um, pizza is one of those things that traditionally has been delivered in house to the neighborhood, right? Right. Just to, strictly right. to the neighborhood, and with a car, it's different than like in the city. It's done on a bicycle right. a lot of yeah, times, sure. but around Asheville with a car, your neighborhood's a little bit bigger than yeah. just a few blocks. And sure. I think that is a good service to the neighborhood, yeah, man. Yeah. Keep that will, price low, yeah. too, because yeah. third party, I use them all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah but they jack up the I mean, they don't jack up the price. Right. There's yeah. obvious yeah. fees and charges fees involved with having people yeah. deliver food to your front door. Yeah. Um, all right, Drew. Thanks for everything, man. Yeah, man. I hope you enjoy, and uh, see you next time, man. Yeah, have a great Saturday. Yeah, thanks, man. Bye.
folks. It's many days since I ate that pizza that Drew just dropped off on the radio show. It's like a few days later, and I'm here to tell you, it was freaking awesome. Oh, my God. It was one of the best pizzas I've ever had in my life. Every Drew described all the flavors earlier, so I won't go on and on about that, but I couldn't stop eating it. And I had a family dinner planned for later in the evening and a pretty early one too, like a 5.30 family dinner. Drew dropped off that pizza at like 1 p.m. And I couldn't stop eating it. And I had to like kind of close the box and put it to the side and stop thinking about it and stuff. So if there's still time to get this pizza, this Korean style pizza, go do that. But if you're listening to the show and the month of November is already over, that pizza has gone away. But there's a new pizza of the month for every month. So if you're within the sound of my voice uh, and you can make it to Asheville Pizza South, go and do it. I just want to tell you, Drew's crust is the best like b-e-s-t best crust on a pizza it's very crispy and crunchy and got a lot of oil in it i'm not sure what he does to make it so good but it is very very good so drew peterson pizza master he's just an amazing pizza maker chef drew Thank you so much for bringing these pizzas by. And you know what's funny is I had a pizza, not from Drew, a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I actually had two slices. I didn't get a whole pie. And from a local joint. And I'm not going to say who, because it was horrible. Like, it was just terrible. They had so obviously taken some tired-ass old slices and put some mozzarella cheese, grated cheese on top of what was already on the slices and reheated them, but not enough to make the cheese on top brown and bubbly because then that would burn the crust, you know? So it was like this pale white cheese on top of like older cheese and barely any sauce, like maybe because it was old, all the sauce had evaporated or something. And then like enough crust, enough of this horrid doughy crust to feed a family of pigeons for like five years. Like it was so bready. The whole thing was awful. What a horrible experience. And uh, thankfully, it was cheap. I liked that part about it. And then that reminded me that last year, the worst meal I had all year, the number one worst meal was also pizza. Uh, these these two slices I'm describing to you that were covered in the plastinated cheese, uh, that, th those, that was one of the worst meals I've had all year. And then last year, the worst meal was pizza. And the and that, that business went out of business, actually. They closed. And earlier this year, I had a horrid meal that was pizza. And I'm not sure why it's so hard to make good pizza. Like, what's so hard about it? It's not that, like, I'm not trying to say that anybody can do it because there are pizza masters like Drew Peterson, and he he's above and beyond just like, any old pizza parlor and there's great pizzas all over town so people are making great pizza all over town they're nailing it so i'm not sure why other people are failing so hard like what's it can't you taste your own pizza can't you take a couple bites of that thing and then go get a decent pie someplace else and be like oh no we are doing it so wrong or do you just not care i mean maybe maybe people just don't care maybe they're like hey it's pizza, it's cheese and sauce on bread, and people buy it because they're here to drink beer. And that might be the case, but when I show up, I'm not there to drink beer. I'm there to drink a soda pop, which, by the way, came with the two horrid slices I had. I think it was about a week ago. And uh, it tasted like the tap, like the line. You know when you get soda at a bar and it comes out of the gun, it tastes like the line? It tasted like that. I worked at bars and that means you don't, you need to clean your lines or something. I didn't, I never had to clean the lines myself, but you don't want your soda pop tasting like scudge because that's what builds up on the inside of the line there. This, this episode's full of like some unsolicited advice, like sprinkled throughout. 
<laughs> sure everybody loves that anyways i guess i'll wrap it up folks i don't have much else to talk about this week um i'm gonna just say thanks for listening and thanks to wpvm the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world wpvm 103.7 fm and uh, follow me on social media. These days, I'm doing a lot more stuff on Instagram. So please follow me on Instagram. And uh, I'm also uh, trying to do more TikTok. So hit me up on TikTok. On TikTok, I swear, if you're interested in hearing me swear, uh, then you can listen to me and watch me on TikTok. On this show, unfortunately, I don't swear. Or if I do by accident, I got to bleep it out. And that's because it does get broadcast by WPVM. 103.7, the voice of Asheville, broadcasting to the world, who take my humble podcast and turn it into a radio podcast. All right, folks, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Substack, and TikTok. And I will uh, look forward to seeing your comments, because if you eat something good, I want you to let me know about it. Bye. <laughs>